Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Merez is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, a dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Merez. We'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the state of boxing and Abner's American dream. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Merez whenever you get your podcast episodes are available in English out on Tuesdays and episodes are out in Spanish on Wednesdays. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods. Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And with that, we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by our producer and co-host, Jack of All Trades, manages our podcast Twitter at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. He is none other than Alex Uplinger. Alex, good to have you aboard again. How are we doing? Greg, I'm doing great. I'm feeling a little lost without Thursday night football. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, it's 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 a <laughs> punch in the gut for sure as we run through the NFL week six rotation. We do have some postseason baseball. I will say, as much as I think we all want to see the Astros lose, 
it was pretty entertaining seeing Carlos Correa walk it off earlier today. And gosh, now it looks like the Braves are going to be on the precipice of reaching the World Series. Yeah, I'm sitting on a little Braves Braves live at plus two oh six. So this this is nice to watch right now. Kershaw just got got hit out of the inning, so that's always nice. Yeah. Uh, so obviously things progressing in the two baseball bubbles in Texas and California towards the fall classic. Uh, actually, I'm not sure off the top of my head. You know where are they playing the World Series in California or Texas? I think it's in Texas. I recall them saying that they were going to have fans in the stands. I think it's in Texas. Okay. That sounds right. As the Braves open it up even more with two more runs to take a 5-1 lead now. Not good for your under. On a Thursday night. But let's go from the diamond to the gridiron and talk some NFL Week 6 as we got plenty of games to discuss without a Thursday night game. Let's start in Charlotte, where we have number 252 in the rotation, the Carolina Panthers hosting 251, the Chicago Bears. This number has been bet down from the opening number of three, where Carolina was the home chalk. Now we're seeing Pickham mostly at our uh, sponsor book, Bet Online, total of 44.5. I'll get this started. I, this is actually one of my plays. I grabbed the Bears at the key of three at the beginning of the week. And then I uh, got a little greedy. Hopefully it'll work out. And I grabbed the money line at a plus price as well. This is a pretty simple one for me. I think you're selling Panther stock at the top of the market, which is always something that you want to do. You want to buy at the lowest point of the market uh, and sell at the highest point in the market. And we look at Carolina. They have won uh, three straight games after starting 0-2. All three games as underdogs, winning at the L.A. Chargers, at home against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and winning again at home on uh, Sunday uh, as they are, sorry, on the road against the Atlanta Falcons as short chalk in that one, or short underdogs, excuse me, in that one. So Carolina has now won three in a row. They've been an underdog in all five games this season. And yet I just thought right away that this was going to be a spot that I didn't want to trust Carolina in. Talked about it a little bit earlier in the season with Arizona when you saw the Cardinals, a team that was, kind of a trendy sleeper in the NFC West and in the NFC at large. You saw them then get thrusted into the favorite role against Detroit in week three um, and against the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers uh, in the ensuing games. And it was not really something that I wanted to trust. And I was on Detroit in week three, kicking myself for not having Carolina in week four. But that's kind of how I feel about the Panthers now. Great story, right? Matt Rule, Joe Brady doing a great job there. Teddy Bridgewater just keeping them in games, doing what Teddy Bridgewater does. But having said that, now we're seeing them open as field goal chalk, and now I think this move is the correct move, and I'm happy I got out in front of it because we're seeing a Chicago Bears team that just isn't being respected yet. And I will fully cop to being a non-believer in Chicago. I bet the Bears under their win total. That's looking like a loss, but better to cut my losses now and realize that I think there's, at a certain point, you do have to start buying into this Bears team. I think it's an upgrade with Nick Foles over Nick Mitch Trubisky. Foles should only get more comfortable in this offense. He's facing a defense that's a little banged up there with Carolina, and Kawan Short is not going to play, obviously. He, I believe, is out for the year. So, 
I think you're getting a nice spot here with the Bears to be able to score on a young defense down there in Carolina, and I do not think Teddy Bridgewater and company are going to be able to keep up. Remember, this was an offense for Carolina that just scored 23 against Atlanta last week. This is a much better Chicago defense. I think there's a great spot for the Bears to win this game and go to 5-1. and one. How do you see it? Yeah, this feels like a complete overreaction. This is a great buy low, sell high. I can't believe this line opened at plus three. I, and it's crazy I, to think we're still saying it's a buy low, by the way, on Chicago because they're four and one, but just not getting respected. <laughs> right. No, no respect. I grabbed the Bears at plus 125 on the money line. I just don't – I don't believe in this Carolina defense at all. They really struggle to get to the passer. They only have five sacks on the season. They also rank – Brian Burns, one of their top edge defenders, is out for this game as well. And like you said, no K-1 short, so that won't help sure up the running game. They rank 31st in the NFL in rushing yards per attempt. They give up 5.4 yards per carry. So I think this is a great spot for David Montgomery to get going. I think Nick Foles will have all the time in the world to sit back there and really air it out. They have a ton of weapons on offense. I think Allen Robinson will really get going. I think they'll be able to easily exploit this defense. I think they'll They'll win pretty comfortably. I, I can't believe this open at plus three. I love the Bears in this spot. I do want to stand corrected. Brian Burns has not yet been ruled out for Carolina, but he, his uh, status seems unclear. Uh, Yitor Grossmatos, another one of those young players on the Carolina defense, another edge defender, uh, did not practice on Wednesday to start the week as well. So just something to monitor there. If Carolina cannot get a pass rush, uh, then Nick Foles should be able to stand in that pocket and find Allen Robinson. Um, and Jimmy Graham seems to be uh, proving to be at least a serviceable target for Foles. And uh, maybe they get the run game going a little bit more with David Montgomery, who has not looked great. Chicago had been rumored to be a destination for Le'Veon Bell. We'll get to the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit later. But some consensus action on the Chicago Bears on the first game in the rotation. Let's move forward and go to the uh, – we're going to go a little bit south of Charlotte and go into the state of Florida where we have the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Detroit Lions, and we're seeing Jacksonville uh, getting three-and-a-half at home. Another injury to keep an eye on, DJ Shark, I believe, is currently uh, questionable for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we saw Shark miss a game back in week three. It was a Thursday night game against the Miami Dolphins, and the offense for Jacksonville really looked lifeless without their top pass catcher. So something to keep an eye on in this game, and obviously it's a Detroit defense that has, a, has had problems defending the pass. Uh, they've had a lot problems really everywhere on defense. But having said that, we are getting the Lions in this spot out of a bye, and I think that's something to consider. I would lean to the Lions, just can't quite get there, kind of like I was saying with Carolina, how I just don't want to trust them as a favorite Really don't want to trust Detroit right now giving points either, particularly more than a field goal on the road. I would lean there, however, because the general rule of thumb when it comes to road favorites is, well, if you're favorite on the road, you're generally going to be just hands down the better team, right? And that's why you're favorite away from home. Now, further that, and when you're favorite on the road off of a bye, then it gets even more intriguing because you should be focused theoretically, right? Because now you're going to have the bye week and you're not going to have any look ahead. You're not going to have any reason not to be focused on the specific game that you're facing coming out of your bye week. And that's the spot we're seeing for Detroit. Uh, the Action Network had a good stat. Road favorites um, 
62-28-2 against the spread in, I guess that's almost 100 games of a sampling. Uh, so I think that makes sense and does get me close with Detroit, but I can't quite get there with them. Again, just not a team I want to trust in the role of favorites right now at 1-3 and three with Matt Patricia coaching for his job. So I'll pass this game. Lean to the Lions, though. Yeah, I don't think home field advantage means nearly as much this year, obviously. with Fans in Jacksonville, though. Yeah, but lack of fans and just doesn't feel the same as it does in the past. I can't quite get there with either team. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's really tough to trust either of these teams. Detroit, with the extra week of prep, that might be a way to lean. I just I can't quite get there, especially we saw – how poor they looked without Shark, which was very surprising because they have several other weapons. I just can't trust either of these teams really right now. Yeah, it's probably not a game that I want to have a whole lot of action on and and probably will not. Uh, Let's keep going uh, and come up north uh, to Minnesota where we have the Vikings. As of now, there was some COVID stuff that came out on Thursday regarding their opponent, the Atlanta Falcons, but – we are seeing Atlanta getting four points on the road in Minneapolis against the Vikings, a total of 54 in this game. This total has been bet down, I believe, from the opener. And, of course, I think that there's some uh, sound reasoning on that if Atlanta is to be without Julio Jones again, which it sounds like is a very real possibility in this game. Uh, so with that in mind, though, uh, I'm going to back the Falcons here and plug my nose and do it. I, we were texting about this spot earlier in the week. A couple things that make me like Atlanta getting the four points on the road. Uh, you first off have an Atlanta team that we talked about it last week with the Houston Texans. You, you kind of want to back the team the week after the coach gets fired, and Houston took care of Jacksonville very comfortably in week five. Uh, and, and I think this is an Atlanta team that, let you know, let, I mentioned Julio Jones. They do have some veterans, and I think it's a team that I expect to at least compete hard still, and that's one thing that you always worry about when a coach gets fired is where's the mindset in the locker room? Are they going to completely tap out on the season? You know, Matt Ryan's the quarterback. Todd Gurley's the running back. It's a lot of guys that have been in the NFL for a while, and uh, I would expect them to at, at least play hard for uh, the rest of the season. Uh, whether that results in them picking up a lot of wins and make it feeling better about their season is a different story. But I think in this spot, you are going to get an Atlanta team that is going to uh, treat this like one of the biggest games that they have all season. And they want to, um, you know, again, start to guys are starting to audition for 2021 there anytime you fire the coach. Uh, so I think that that's an angle that I want to play on week after the coach gets fired. And then also Minnesota. I mean, that just, I do wonder what's going on. I know Mike Zimmer is, is a good coach and maybe he's going to have them buttoned up and ready to go. But after they lost that game last week where they won every ball control stat, you know, yards per play or uh, total yards, uh, time of possession, yada, yada, yada. And for them not to win that game against uh, Seattle, I, I do wonder in a spot where Minnesota really needed it, they fall to one and four. I, I wonder what's going on there in the Vikings locker room and if they are, uh, you know, buttoned up and ready to play a football game. They're not going to have Dalvin Cook in this game, which is obviously a significant loss, uh, even despite the fact that Alexander Madison looks like a capable backup. Uh, I just think we got 
an Atlanta team that's going to kind of rally the troops and try and turn their season around or at least put their best foot forward in this spot with the coach having been fired and you have a Minnesota team that I just don't know. If they can't get a win like that last year, this is, this might be a lost season for the Purple People Eaters. So I'm going with Atlanta plus the four. Feels like a great, great spot to buy into Atlanta with with the coach being fired. It, there's only room to go up without Dan Quinn. I feel like that's a huge upgrade not having him on the sideline. Right. I feel like this is a great spot. Julio would be my biggest concern. Um, I feel like they get a little one-dimensional without him. He stretches the field completely, and Calvary Lee doesn't look up to be a wide receiver one, so that kind of worries me. But I would have to play Atlanta here, if anything. But not an official play yet for you on the ATL. No, I haven't quite gotten there, but I definitely lean that way with you. Let's keep things moving and go to the state of Tennessee, where we have the Titans hosting the Houston Texans in a battle of AFC South foes. You know, right off the bat, when we look at this, we see Houston getting three and a half, a total of 53 in this one. And I think it's easy to look at Houston getting more than a field goal with Tennessee on a short week, having played on Tuesday. Uh, So not that much different than the Sunday to Thursday turnaround that we're used to seeing. Um, And here we have a Texans team that, you know, they did get a win last week and, maybe there's some more positive energy in the Texans locker room post Bill O'Brien, who was another coach, much like Dan Quinn, that, you know, when we see go, you kind of um, think if that's almost for the better for the players on the Texans, because it certainly seemed like they turned out their best performance. Not that I watched the game religiously, but it certainly seemed like uh, they gave it their all and, and, got a win in the division, and I think that's also worth noting here with the Texans. While they started the season 0-4, none of their losses were in the division. Of course, they had those three brutal games to start the year at Kansas City, at Baltimore, at Pittsburgh. Then they came, or Baltimore was home, excuse me. Uh, But then they came back home after the Pittsburgh loss, and they lost a close game to Minnesota at home. And then they win their first divisional game of the year last week against Jacksonville. So I do think that this could be a Texans team that... uh, does think that maybe they can still make something out of their season at one and four. This is absolutely a must win for them though, to get to two and four and two and oh in the division maybe means you're not dead. Uh, But we talked about it before we hopped on Alex. This is a Titans team that I don't know that I want to step in front of right now because after seeing the way they played on Tuesday, where they just annihilated the Buffalo bills and that's a Buffalo team that was annihilating everybody that stepped in front of them. I don't know that I want to fade the Titans right now. I think last year was more real than fake, and their run to the AFC Championship was pretty legit. And I think they're very legit right now. I'm buying them as a Super Bowl contender. Therefore, I do not want to, after that performance against Buffalo, I don't want to fade the Titans. I do think there's a strong argument to be made for Houston here, but not for me. I'll pass the game. How good has Ryan Tannehill looked since he took over his starting role. Oh, he's been great. And I'll tell you what, I know that he's only been there. This is his second season at the helm, the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, because the offensive coordinator before in Tennessee was Matt LaFleur. But um, 
I got to think he's going to be a name that you start hearing by the end of the season for some NFL head coaching jobs because when you look at what he's done with Ryan Tannehill and that offense at large, we knew Derrick Henry could run the football, but now they're a very legit passing attack as well. Jonu Smith has emerged as a very solid tight end, and we know A.J. Brown is just a physical specimen. So, yeah, it's it, the, the offense for Tennessee looks to be uh, very legit. Tannehill is 11-3. and three. Is 31 touchdowns to six interceptions, 116.7 quarterback ring. That's better than Mahomes' 102.3 quarterback ring in the last 14 games. Just incredible what they've done with him as a starting quarterback. That's a legit passing offense. It's more so a passing offense than it is a rushing attack, which Derrick Henry is one of the better running backs in the NFL. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I do not want to step in front of this Titans team I also don't really want to back them I don't know it feels like a weird spot with that number at three it feels very low I I feel like they're just begging me to take Tennessee which I want to pass on that yeah so let's pass on that game all together and keep moving in the rotation we're going from a divisional battle in the AFC South to a divisional battle in the NFC East the Washington football team traveling north to take on the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. Washington currently sitting as a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this game, a total of 43, and we both are interested in this game, looking at it from a few different angles. I'll start. I'm going to use Washington in a six-point teaser. I'm going to get to my other leg later in the show, but I do think Washington is a team that uh, is worth putting in teasers here. First and foremost, there has been some money on the football team, it looks like, here. Um, I believe this opened at three, three and a half, and we're now seeing two in the hook pretty much everywhere uh, on the te- on the New York Giants. Excuse me. Um, so, and I think that's a that's a move that makes sense, right? You have arguably the better team in Washington getting three points, which you would think would be the standard home field in a normal year. In, in this COVID era, though, where we don't think home field really matters, um, and you know the Giants. We were both on them last week, and I thought it made sense uh, getting the points against the, the Cowboys. But, again, now you're talking about a winless team being favored against a Washington team that is also pretty bad. Um, but I think, if anything, you probably think that Kyle Allen right now is going to be the quarterback that makes fewer mistakes than Daniel Jones, who just has not seemed to have it uh, in his 2020 so far and, um, you know, it will be interesting if the Giants are at the top of the draft or if they get the number one pick. I think Trevor Lawrence is a slam dunk for that reason because Daniel Jones just has not really looked to be the quarterback that they drafted at number six overall so far. So for that reason, I'll take the safer play with the safer quarterback, and I'm going to use the Washington football team, as I said, in a teaser leg. I'm using them in a six-point teaser uh, to get them. I got them at three, teased them all the way up through nine. I think that's when you're really talking about getting value on the teasers when you're going through those two key numbers of three and seven. So I think you give me who I believe to be the better team catching close to double digits in a teaser. I'll take that every time. And I know you kind of like the total here. Yeah, I'm looking at the over. Currently I'm on the Action Network app and I'm seeing 51% of bets on Washington and 63% of money on Washington. I think that's the right play. I think I think they're the better team. But I do lean more towards the over than towards the side. 
I think Kyle Allen looked pretty good last week. He was 9 for 13, 74 yards, and he had a rushing touchdown. And I think this total at 43, this is a complete overreaction to what we saw from Alex Smith, who looked fucking horrible. I mean, (laughs) poor poor guy. I mean, it was an incredible story for him to, to even just come in onto a football field, but Man, that was brutal to watch. I was I was watching some of that because I had the over last week, and Aaron Donald was just in the backfield every single play. The poor guy couldn't even move. I think Kyle Allen gives them a way better chance of winning. Giants, they give up 26.6 points per game, and Washington gives up 28.4 points per game. I think both these offenses can move the ball on fairly weaker defenses. I'm not quite as sold on the Washington front seven after a couple of weeks. They they should be the best unit on the field, but I haven't quite seen that. I'm definitely going to roll with the over here at 43. It feels, feels way too low. Yeah, no, I think especially in 2020, if you want to blindly take overs or totals that low, you'll probably do pretty well. So I'm going to use Washington in a teaser leg. Alex is going to play the over in this Washington-New York Giants game. Let's keep things moving. Another divisional battle, this time in the AFC North, where we have the Cleveland Browns traveling to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland, number 261 in the rotation. Pittsburgh, number 262. We're seeing Cleveland getting three in the hook. Total of 51 in this game. And Alex, I'll start. Uh, I like the side here as well um, as I... Talked about the Washington side last time. That was a teaser. I'm just going to play Pittsburgh, excuse me, at the number. Bad number for me. I took four, so I would definitely lay the three and a half. Simply put, this is going to be a similar handicap to when I, granted, lost a couple weeks ago on Dallas as a similar priced favorite against the Cleveland Browns at home where the Cowboys, I believe it was four and a half. This we're seeing three and a half, four for Pittsburgh. But we have not seen the Cleveland offense be put in a position where they've had to chase points and play from behind and rely more on Baker Mayfield. And they've been able to just pound the rock, which they're very good at, even without Nick Chubb. We saw their offense again last week have some success and Phillip Rivers obviously gifted them some points as well. This under bitter was a little salty about that, but we'll move on. Um, and, Now we see Cleveland going to Pittsburgh and facing a Steelers offense that is firing on all cylinders. Now, if there's a concern for Pittsburgh, it maybe is the fact that their defense has not looked as dominant as you might have thought it would. And it's it's a Steelers team that has faced some pretty poor offenses when you think about Philadelphia, the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos especially. Um, Having said that, I still feel pretty confident here that the Steelers receivers are going to have their way with the Cleveland secondary. And Ben Roethlisberger has shown, whether it's Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, or Juju Smith-Schuster, they've all kind of had different games where they've been the guy. And they have enough talent. We'll see if Deontay Johnson plays in this game. Eric Ebron had a good game in Week 3 for Pittsburgh against Houston. There's enough weapons on this offense where I don't see the Cleveland defense, Miles Garrett aside, I don't see the Cleveland defense being able to slow them down. I think this is another game where Pittsburgh gets up into the 30s, and then we see Baker Mayfield be in that spot where he does have to chase points, and 
I don't trust him to win a higher scoring game. He's less than 100%. Odell Beckham Jr., we'll see. It sounds like he's a little under the weather. So if you're talking about the quarterback and a top weapon at less than 100%, I don't really trust Cleveland to uh, score enough here. I think Pittsburgh has its way offensively, as the Steelers have done pretty much all season uh, offensively thus far. And this has just been a house of horrors for the Cleveland Browns. Heinz Field, that is. The Steelers have beaten the Browns 16 consecutive games in Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh minus the three and a half. 16 straight wins against Cleveland at home. And this Cleveland secondary ranks 30th in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game. 296.4 yards per game so far this season. We saw Beckham didn't practice today with the illness um, in this COVID era. Who knows what that illness is? They said his test will come back tomorrow, so we'll see what that is. Uh, Kareem Hunt was limited in practice today, as was Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield's dealing with a rib injury, which will be very tough against a Steelers defense that is one of the better against the run, so they should be able to shut down Hunt in the run. They only give up 64 yards average on the ground. I think Pittsburgh will have their way shutting down the run, and then it's a great pass rush. They they lead the league with five sacks per game. I think they'll be able to get pressure on Mayfield, and then we know what that results in. We know how Mayfield looks under pressure. I can't imagine that he'll be able to, to get the ball to his weapons, especially if Beckham can't go. Yeah, I, I love Pittsburgh in this spot. I got three and a half. I'd play it. I'd play it up to four. I, I love this number. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Also, let's. All, I know it happened in the first meeting between the two teams last year, so there already maybe was a revenge angle when they met again. But this will be the first time Miles Garrett takes the field against Pittsburgh since the uh, ridiculous extracurricular affair <laughs> with Mason Rudolph. So that was maybe, insane. Maybe was, something to consider as well. Um, yeah, there's some serious, some serious bad blood here. I, I think it could get chippy very early on. For sure. Let's wrap things up for the first half of our pod with another AFC North team, also a, a favorite, uh, uh, much steeper than Pittsburgh, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles, Baltimore is a nine-point favorite in this game, total of 47.5. I don't have much. I don't really have much interest in backing Baltimore at this price because you have a Ravens team that, like, let's be honest, Alex. I know that they are 4-1 and one straight up, but particularly recently, Baltimore doesn't, in my opinion, yet look like a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they kind of just were going through the motions against Washington, um, and I... The competition that they've played, obviously, has not been great, given that the Texans obviously got off to that slow start, and that was their Week 2 opponent. Uh, I mentioned that Washington game as one where it just kind of felt like they were slogging along, um, not playing their best. And last week, they played a Cincinnati offense that just could not get going and only scored three points. And so I just don't want to give this many points with the Ravens, even though it has been a profitable proposition so far this season. They covered against Cincinnati. 
They covered against Washington, at least the closing number. That opened 14 and a half, ended up landing 14. But we saw them really get cut open by Kansas City, and I think that I know it's Kansas City, but I think that was uh, a serious, vulnerable spot for the for the Ravens. Um, and so, long story short, here, I'm not sure that the Ravens are at the same level that they were in 2019, at least not yet. So I am going to slow my roll here with them. And, and hey, this was an Eagles offense that was able to score points last week in Pittsburgh. They got into the high 20s. So, you know, I think maybe you could make a case to go over the total. The Eagles linebackers have really struggled with tight ends, so it could be a good spot for Mark Andrews and that Baltimore offense. But I don't really have much of a feel for the side just because uh, Philly, obviously, with just the one win, and they didn't cover last week in Pittsburgh, and Maybe they're going to get some more reinforcements with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson on the field, uh, but they're a really tricky team to handicap right now after winning on the road in Seattle, in San Francisco. Maybe that was a spot for them to get their season going again, and then last week that was a roller coaster ride in Pittsburgh. looked like they were going to get blown out, got back in the game, and then Pittsburgh ends up covering on the Chase Claypool touchdown late, so... I don't really have much of a feel for either one of these teams. As I said, if I had to make a play, I think over the total might make some sense, though. With that being said, Baltimore seems to beat up and cover against bad teams. I think we can both agree that the Eagles are a bad football team right now. That's true. I guess what I'm saying is, like, and I hate to bring in like a fantasy comparison but like Lamar Jackson has not been putting up the video game like numbers that we're used to him him doing and I do have some trepidation about Baltimore in this particular spot if we're thinking that they are going to face offenses that can't score and that's kind of what happened the last two weeks which is why they covered only three points from Cincinnati last week and then in Washington the football team with just 17. That's fine, but I do think maybe the last two weeks we've seen the Eagles, particularly offensively, start to get clicking a little bit more. Not saying that they're a good team either, and I'm not running to back them, but if that offense can put up, say, three touchdowns, I don't think that Baltimore covers this big of a number. So um, maybe a slightly into the Eagles, but I, I really do not want to play this side. And as I said, I think over might make a little sense, but you, you lean Baltimore then? But isn't it even more impressive that they've been covering these numbers? Granted, bad football teams, they haven't played anyone relevant yet. But they're doing it without Lamar Jackson really being on his game. That's kind of impressive that they're they're still putting up enough points covering these big spreads without Lamar Jackson playing his best games. I agree. I feel like this is a little high. I still wouldn't be running to back the Eagles at plus nine. I I think maybe if this gets to 10, I just have to blindly take the Eagles as 10-point home dogs. But I kind of lean Baltimore here in this spot. So on that note, let's go into our commercial break, and we'll keep things moving on the other side with the rest of the NFL Week 6 rotation. The wait is finally over, and football is back. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers searching Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. You can find me and all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg. My name is Greg Frank, joined by our co-host and producer and Twitter account manager, Alex Uplinger. Find him running our Twitter account at full underscore slate underscore pod. Going to get back into the NFL Week 6 rotation, and we still have three more early 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoffs to get through, Alex, it looked like we might have been onto something when we started to get a nice, even distribution. Uh, but then here we have it now, just two games in the late window to talk about. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Only a couple, four o'clock. We only have two. I think the COVID maybe has a little something to do with this. I could see Denver and New England being later, but. They have or that at one as well. On Sunday, I could see Kansas City and Buffalo being in this time slot as well. Yeah, I kind of wish they had flexed that to Sunday instead of Monday at five. But two Monday games, that'll be fun to do. Hopefully, we get a Thursday game next week. For sure. Yeah, let's wrap things up, though, with the one o'clock Eastern time games. Three more of them to get to. We're going to start in Indianapolis, where we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Bengals making the short trip on the highway, but the Bengals are getting nine and a half here, a total of 46 and a half. And I'll just be honest, as bad as the offense looked for Cincinnati last week, you know the old gambling adage, no team is as bad as it looks or as good as it looks on any given week. So I'm expecting some positive regression from Joe Burrow and the boys on offense for the Bengals. And let's just be honest, does the, Cincinnati, does the Indianapolis offense deserve to be giving nine points or nine and a half points? That feels crazy to me. I think Cincinnati is definitely the side here. Phillip Rivers is just completely washed. I mean, I think that's no surprise to anybody. But you watched him last week, and as I said, I was a salty underbetter watching him throw a couple of interceptions 
and just slog through the afternoon with the Indianapolis Colts late afternoon at that as it was an evening game. Just 308 total yards for Indy in that game against Cleveland. And Cleveland only had 385 total yards, which looking at that, again, makes me more frustrated that that game did go over the total. But it's a very unexplosive offense for Indianapolis. I mean, you know, T.Y. Hilton has not been his normal self on the outside. And so when you don't have him... You know, do you trust the rookie Michael Pittman to make some big plays? I mean, I know they're pretty tight end heavy with Trey Burton back and Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. Jonathan Taylor has not yet seemed to really take over that offense yet. So for with an offense that I don't think is going to score much more than, say, 20, 24 points, can the Bengals get me to 16, 17 and cover this number? I don't think that's asking that much at all. I know it's a very good indie defense, but as I said, Banking on some positive regression here for Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. I love the Bengals here. I took nine. If you can get nine and a half, even better. Uh, But this is one of my favorite plays of the week. Bengals plus the points. Yeah, it's never a bad time to fade Phillip Rivers. I was all over the Browns last week. That was great to see. Although I I did have the under with you as well. So those, those pick six is hurt, but... Bill Ravers just should never be given this many points. I I can't imagine that. I I do understand the uh, Colts defense is one of the best against the run, so they're going to make Joe Burrow beat them. Can can he really beat them? Potentially, I don't know about outright. I think Indy is a great survivor pool pick. I think they'll win outright, but I think it'll be close. I would. Well, let's remember, too, before Cincinnati lost this game to – or last week's game, I should say, to Baltimore, Bengals were having a lot of success against the spread. I mean, I know that you were boned in week two on that backdoor cover that Cincinnati had. Oh, oh my God. Last second touchdown. Yeah, but – They they played the Jacksonville, Cleveland Browns, you know. Philadelphia. These aren't – these are some of the – bottom feeders, minus Cleveland. These aren't great football teams, so I'm not surprised they've covered. Uh, but again, I would ask, like, how good do we good? think he is? Like, I think I, their defense is really good, but I think this is a 9-8 win team when all is said and done. Yeah, I would lean more to 8 than 9. I agree. Yeah, I don't think this is a great team by any means, but since he hasn't really played anyone, and we saw when they did play someone, they they lost twenty seven to three. They they scored three points on the last second field goal. Are we really back in the Bengals to score a touchdown or two? It's it's going to be tough on the ground. Indy's one of the better defenses on the ground. Joe Mixon should be. You're passing this game, man. I take it. Yeah, I'm passing this game. I would. I would honestly lean Indy. I just feel like this is a good spot at home to get right. Maybe Philip Rivers pulls one out of his ass. But yeah, I just I can't get behind either of these teams. Well, let's keep things moving. Maybe you can get behind one of these teams in Gillette Stadium. Uh, looks like we're going to have a pair of quarterbacks return from injury. 281, Denver Broncos traveling to 282. The New England Patriots, nine and a half points. The Patriots are giving here in a game that should have been played back in week five, uh, now is going to be played in week six. Total of 44.5 in this game. Obviously, the 
Broncos have been dealing with some Melvin Gordon news this week as their starting running back was uh, charged with a DUI earlier in the week. See if that has any impact on uh, you know their practices throughout the week and just what kind of team we see on Sunday as it seems as if Melvin Gordon is going to still play in this game. There could be some discipline from the league later on in the season. Uh, and Drew Locke looks primed to return from that shoulder injury. Uh, I believe it was an AC joint sprain. So he'll be back, it looks like, for Denver. Cam Newton looks like he's going to be back from the reserve COVID-19 list. So we get both quarterbacks back. I'll be honest, Alex, um, this game feels a lot like a game New England played earlier in the season against another AFC West team when the Las Vegas Raiders traveled to Gillette Stadium. We saw the Patriots just run the snot out of the ball, and they were rotating in J.J. Taylor, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle. They didn't even have Damian Harris in that game. Damian Harris has been back now with the Patriots. I think this is a run, run, run game for New England put Cam Newton in a lot of easy down and distances in his first game back from COVID. Uh, I would lean towards laying the big number with uh, New England, but not an official play for me. How do you see this one? I think this might might lend to the under. Like you were saying, run heavy. Um, do we know if Gordon's going to play off the DUI? Yeah, I mean, I have him in a, couple, in a fantasy league, and it looks like he is going to as of now. He practiced on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday, so that would seem to indicate that he'll play. Who's getting a DUI on a, a fucking Thursday? Come on, man. It's not, yeah, on it's a not Tuesday. even that. On a Tuesday. I thought, yeah. it was, man, that's not even a great In the middle of October. Like, it's not even like Thanksgiving I mean, week or something. No, right. I can understand on Thanksgiving. This is not even a it's not even a great week to go out. It's just a Tuesday, dude. Maybe he was <laughs> maybe he was taking advantage of like the report is that he went to a friend's house for dinner <clears throat> and had too much to drink and got behind the wheel when he shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, those dinner parties will get you, but I think, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of wine, apparently. <laughs> I believe it. I've I've had many a nights with a lot of wine. I haven't driven <laughs> all those, but I think this. I think this lends the under Drew Locke back for the first time in a couple of weeks, and Patriots are going to be run heavy. And even when they don't go to the running backs, they're going to go to Cam Newton in these spots. They they love to just run the ball with Cam Newton. I think this is a good spot for the under. Also yeah, with New uh, England, to talk well. me into it more, and maybe I will get there come Sunday because you would think that with Cam back that they might just call a more conservative game and trust the fact that they can run enough. Remember, yeah. Jarrell C is sure. out defensive line for Denver. That could be a big loss, which would allow New England to run it more. So It looks like Gilmore is going to be back, so that should, that should neutralize the Denver pass game, which isn't great. Drew Locke back off uh, several weeks of injured. Yeah, I just don't see how they can be very explosive on offense. I would I would lean to the under. I also could see this big number being covered by New England. That's a so, lot of time to give Belichick. Well, absolutely, right. You're giving him two weeks yeah, to prepare. Two weeks to prepare yeah. for a for a lackluster Denver team. And I also wanna when I mentioned that Vegas Raiders game against New England, not only did New England run, run, run down the Raiders' throat. But Josh Jacobs really could not do much on the ground in that game, and Darren Waller 
was kept at bay the entire game. You think about Denver, you talked about their outside threats really not being too serious. Well, now we have the new Denver Broncos with a strong tight end and Noah Fant and a run game. So it's just and Noah Noah Fant's questionable and he's as well. Questionable, right. So it just seems like it's kind of shaking up shaping up, excuse me, to be a similar type spot where the Broncos can't get a whole lot going offensively and the Patriots take away the middle of the field with the run game and the linebacker and the tight end, excuse me. So let's keep things moving and go to a few other AFC East teams, a couple of bottom feeders here. One is uh, more of a uh, basement cellar dweller, whatever you want to call them, that might be being nice to the Jets as they're traveling to South Florida to take on the Miami Dolphins. Jets are catching nine and the hook. We're seeing a total of 47 in this game. Joe Flacco set to make another start in place of Sam Darnold, who remains sidelined with that shoulder injury. You know, and Alex, I will say, when we look at this spot, and I'm not saying I want the Jets. I I don't think anybody wants the Jets right now. But no, we, no, 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 no. Uh, all I'm saying is <laughs> the Miami Dolphins, it seems like if they were playing anybody other than the Jets, I would probably fade the Dolphins this week. Because remember, what was our last data point on Miami? It was this big cross-country travel win against the 49ers, and they're scoring on every possession. Gosh, every time on red zone they went to that game, it was like, oh, Dolphins, uh, you know, first and goal. You know, and so – Whatever was going on there, and Jimmy Why G got Why did we benched. not play that? Why did we not play that? We were we were talking that when Fitz Magic shows up, we know yeah. it's going to be a good game. We, we well, had a feeling. Was, but like, that's why so I'm kind tough. of looking at the other side of that now and thinking, all right, so he goes from a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to a nine-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorite. Yeah. Has there been anything like that? That's absolutely outrageous to see week-to-week week like that. Right. You know, and and again, if it were anybody other than the Jets, I'd think the nine and a half was a gift from God, but it is the Jets right. and it is Joe Flacco. So I will say, and we talked a little bit about this before we hopped on, I do think the game under the total makes some sense here because you do have a total of 47. Um, and I looked at the Jets totals last night because I was kind of intrigued by this under. The New York Jets have played... This will be their sixth game, and last week's game against Arizona was their highest total of the season, which came in at 48.5, and and that was a comfortable under at 30-10, to Arizona winning the game. So you're going to get Byron Jones back for the Dolphins. You know, so you pair him with Xavier Howard with their corner tandem, and I know Jamison Crowder has been the lone bright spot for the Jets offensively. He has been putting up the numbers, but – you would expect those two corners to be able to minimize his production. And then, obviously, where do the Jets go for points? I mean, they couldn't really do much with Le'Veon Bell dating back to last year. Now he's gone. So, I just – and you talked about it maybe liking the team total a little more. I think because I was so interested in fading Miami and the Fitzmagic – you know, double-edged sword almost, where he looks great one day and awful the next. That's kind of what has me interested in this under. And mind you, Fitzmagic could still play well, and this could land under like it did last week with Arizona against the Jets, where Arizona wins the game 30-10. to 10. So I think we're getting some nice value here on this under, and I think it could be something I end up playing. I think the Jets' team total under might be the better look. 
Jets team total under 19 currently. I think that might be the better look. I just don't see how Joe Flacco can move the ball. They, they look so bad overall. They commit so many penalties. This is a poorly coached team. I just don't see how they move the ball. I'm, I'm more worried about Miami just dominating this poor defense, maybe putting up 40 themselves. But I think the under is a, probably the best look of this game. But I would probably lean to Jets team total under 19. All right, Alex, let me ask you this. When will the Jets cover points, Fred? Before or after Thanksgiving? That's a great question. I would have to go in and look at their schedule, but I could confidently say they won't cover until then without even looking. This is one of the worst football teams I've because, ever watched. I mean, they have to cover at least once this season, right? That's why I just arbitrarily <laughs> said Thanksgiving. Do, do they, though? I, I honestly would lean Miami, with, especially with Joe Flacco. If this I'm not was saying Arnold, it's, as I right, said, it's not going to be this week. I, I, I don't think confident. so, but like it's going to be a week. I I don't think they're going to go zero sixteen against spread. That is so hard to do. No, that'd be impressive. I would I would hire Gates in any team if they could do that. That would be highly impressive. That's impressive to do. I don't know. I'm just saying it's going to happen one of these days. And but is it this week? I, I don't don't know. That's a big number, but the Jets are so bad. I mean, it is a big number, but then you realize it's the Jets and it doesn't feel so big, right? Right. So if the Jets' team total is 19, and I don't think they can get there, what can they score maybe 17 points? I think Miami will comfortably score 30. So uh, that, would not, that would not cover it. The Jets have a week 10 bye, as I'm looking at their schedule now. This is week 6. Week 7, 8, 9, they played Buffalo at Kansas City, New England. I can only imagine what those lines are going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's at Kansas least City, 14, Kansas right? City, uh, Kansas City's at Arrowhead. That might be – that's three yeah. touchdowns. Uh, I think that'll be like – God damn, can you do like a minus 20? I, I don't I mean, know. Remember, we can. saw that last year with the Miami-Dallas game really early in the season. Yeah, and they kept Miami covered. I remember that. <laughs> would, that would be the spot of all spots I, for the Jets to get their first cover at Arrowhead. <laughs> could you back the Jets at plus 20 against Kansas City in Arrowhead? I don't think I could. I don't know that I could either. I honestly couldn't, and that's insane. Maybe if it was Darnold, I might. How about next week? Against Buffalo at home, remember that's a Buffalo defense that hasn't looked as good. It's a bad maybe you're defense. Giving, you think maybe we could get like a ten there? I would take Buffalo at ten. If it was close, if maybe thirteen, I would consider. If Darnold plays, I'm way more confident when Darnold plays. He's not bad at all. Oh, and also, I mean, given bad. the way the Jets' season is trending, Darnold's probably auditioning for the rest of the league in 20, for 2021. Right. So do they even bring him back, or do they? I mean, I think if you're the Jets, you have tank. to, right? Because you have to try and boost that trade value. That's a good point. It's an audition, yeah. Like you said, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm really curious to see what their ATS record ends at the end of the year. Like, <laughs> they got to get one, but do I don't they? think they're going to get more than like three or four. <laughs> I would say over under three, and I would take the under. 
you would take the under. Oh, wow. Not on and and not on wins. We're talking covers. Covers. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm talking under three covers. And wow. yeah, I, I'm so curious to see what their lines will be the next three weeks. Le'Veon Bell revenge game now with I mean, the Chiefs. We're talking nine and a half at a Dolphins team that while. I think you can. There's some things to like about Miami. They're still a two and three football team. The sub five hundred team. Yeah, that's they're not a, a nine team. and a half point underdog. Buffalo, Kansas City, New England. That's three probably Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, those have to be <laughs> double digits easily. Every single game will be double digits, even with Darnold back. And, and two of those three, the Buffalo New England games are at home. Gosh, and that New, England, that New England game is Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence and Eric Bieniemy. That's going to be a there you go. Gonna be a hell of a force. Hey, I'm sitting on the running back in fantasy. Well, Michael P. Ryan is a keeper for next year. Oh, hold on, yeah, I like exactly. that. Get Gase out of there. Get Bieniemy in there, or and all of a sudden, or might, might exactly. On I drafted him <laughs> just on the sole fact that. Everything would hit the fan with Le'Veon, and they would want out. And I saw they took him in the fourth round out of Florida. So I figured let's I can keep one guy in my league. He was my last pick. Now he's turning out to be hopefully a, a nice value keeper. But yeah, let's get back to smart. the rest of the rotation uh, and go. We're going to stay in the state of Florida where we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Game of the week in the National Football League. Uh, Green Bay is one point favorite on the road, total of 55 and a half uh, currently. Uh, and that's where I want to go. I bet this, this was an, an early in the week spot for me. I got the best of the number. Uh, actually, I believe there were even totals lower than this on this game, but I got over 54 and it has continued to climb. Real simple one for me here. We have both of these teams with extra time to prepare Green Bay off of its scheduled by in week five of this of the NFL season and New, Tampa Bay I almost said New England Tampa Bay off of the mini buy having played on Thursday night and oh by the way both of these teams getting key offensive weapons back Devontae Adams set to return to the lineup for the Green Bay Packers ditto for Chris Godwin and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throw in the fact that as I said you get extra time to prepare this seems like a pretty easy over to me. I think this is now, again, maybe a little square because of the fact that, you know, this is going to be a huge watch game in the late afternoon. And so there's probably going to be more over money. But I think if you think of that is going to happen, then you want to try and get out early in the week and grab the best of the number. As I said, I got over 54. Right now we're seeing it all the way at 55 and a half. Eventually it is going to get too high, and maybe this closing total does end up coming under uh, whatever it lands. But I liked it at over 54, as I said. Guys coming back to the lineup at skill position, skill positions, extra time to prepare. Give me the game over the total. This is such an easy spot. Green Bay Packers, minus 1.5. Just don't overthink it. This is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Aaron Rodgers is... Really? You're taking him over Russell Wilson? Easily. Easily? Okay. He's having an insane season. Granted, the numbers aren't as good as Russ, but we're going to see he's in a weaker division. He's going to put up way bigger numbers. This is an easy spot. Aaron Rodgers, 113 and 78 
and five against the spread. That's great numbers. That's the Packers great. have zero turnovers on the season. That's outrageous. Zero turnovers. Now, one thing I will games. say on that end, Alex, is like turnovers don't we think can be kind of random and lucky sometimes. I mean, batted ball, interception, you know. Absolutely, which which leans way more impressive that they have zero. That they don't have zero. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I would say that would be that they should have at least one or two. You know, those interceptions are so random when you have that. But the Packers with zero, it's so impressive. I'm I'm going the Packers. I can't I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are five and one straight up their last six road games. I'm just I'm going with the better team, the better coach on the road, slight road dog. Let's go Packers. Slight road favorite, you mean? At least right slight now. Slight road favorite. Yep. Sorry, I misspoke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do think one thing that we've talked about before we hopped on that is a very real factor here with the Packers is kind of an Aaron Rodgers revenge tour, which it's kind of weird to say because this was a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year, but we all knew what the narratives were about Green Bay in the offseason. Oh, they didn't get any weapons for Aaron Rodgers, and oh, you know, they you know, lost, won a ton of close games. That's bound to regress, and they're just shutting everybody up right now, and um, it, it, it seems like this is a very real Super Bowl contender. I mean, I, I don't see why not, right? Absolutely. I, I think they should be power ranked the number one team in the NFL right now. Yeah, they're, they're definitely in everybody's top five. It's just a matter of how you rank them with Seattle and Adam's back. My my one concern would be the Bucks have a great rushing defense. Sure. So I think they're they're first in the league in rushing yards average per game. So that would be my main concern. But I think Rodgers will pick him apart. I think he can easily do that. I mean, he looks so good through these first four games. I would not bet against Aaron Rodgers in this spot. Tom Brady four interceptions on the season which isn't bad, but Aaron Rodgers is just hes just looking great. I would not step in front of this Packers team. Well, let's just hope Tom Brady remembers what down it is. Otherwise, then the Bucks are going to have an even more of an uphill battle. <laughs> let's move on and go to Sunday Night Football, where we have a divisional battle between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Rams are three-and-a-half-point chalk. On the road, total of 51.5 in this game. Uh, I don't have anything I like as of now, but I do think it's interesting that on look-ahead lines, San Francisco was three, three-and-a-half-point chalk in this game, and now that has gone all the way through zero, about a touchdown move to San Francisco being a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Not going to necessarily say I disagree with that. Um, when you think about how poorly San Francisco looked offensively last week, and, of course, those look-ahead lines are out before – the previous week's games are played. So, you know, I I don't know that it's necessarily a faulty adjustment, uh, but, you know, it's funny. Before we hopped on, we're talking about the NFC West, and I have a futures ticket on Seattle to win the division at plus 275. And, you know, going into the season, of course, San Francisco was the preseason favorite in this division. And we kind of talked about how bad San Francisco has looked at times. 
and then you mentioned like so you're probably rooting for them here because the Rams are in at four and one and that kind of snuck up on me because here we have the Rams as you as you mentioned at four and one but all four of their wins against NFC East opponents as they played Dallas Philly the Giants and the Washington football team already this season uh, so how legit are the Rams I think that remains to be seen and we're going to get a better feel for that here because um, there it is still a road divisional game and I do think that that San Francisco defense I mean there's no way they can be uh, as bad as they were last week right so you know I do think it's kind of from a value standpoint you look at it and say like yeah, maybe San Fran doesn't have it. Maybe the Super Bowl loser hangover is, is real for them this year. But are, how good are the Rams, right? Do we trust them as more than field goal chalk on the road? I don't know that I do yet, but I don't really want San Francisco right now. Lean that way, not a play. And you actually do think you like the Rams. So I want to ask you, is that more of a play on the Rams or against the Niners? I think it's more against the Niners with uh, they have six defensive starters down already: Bosa, D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, Sherman, several other cornerbacks are they're all on the IR. I just can't trust this San Francisco defense, and who knows what's going on with Jimmy G and the Rams? Average thirty three points on the road, and also. Kyle Shanahan at home is nothing to talk about. He's not, yeah. He's 9-17-1 at home against the spread. That's kind of concerning, especially with Jimmy G being a little shaken up. I would not trust this Niners team against anyone, let alone the Rams, who are looking good. They average 33 points on the road. And uh, McVay is 11-6-1 against the spread against divisional opponents. I, just, I love the Rams in the spot. I got minus three. Yeah, I would hammer the Rams here. So, how confident are you? Like, do you think this is Seattle's division, or you think the Rams are a real threat here to to win the West again and get back to that Super Bowl level they were two years ago? Honestly, I I love your Seattle pick. You said three to one. For the I got plus two seventy five. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I mean, like you said, the Rams have played the NFC East, the NFC least, as many <laughs> are saying. It's a bad division, so that obviously props up their wins. But I would definitely feel confident with Seattle. We we've seen them; they look so good. They they just seem to always win games. I I love Seattle, but I do like the Rams in this spot. So let's move on and go to the Monday games to wrap up this week six edition of Full Slate. We have the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Buffalo, laying five on the highway, total of 57 and a half. I will admit, while Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City lost last week. I was curious to see what this line would look like uh, because you have a Chiefs team off a loss versus a Buffalo team off of an ugly loss. I think at least maybe... For Buffalo, your perception changed a little bit. I don't think anybody really is batting an eye, at least not yet, about Kansas City. They weren't going to go 16-0. and It was a divisional opponent, and give the Raiders credit, they put up plenty of points necessary to win the football game. Alex, did your opinion change at all about Buffalo, watching how poorly they looked on Tuesday night? 
Uh, a bit. It it mainly made me more concerned about uh, Josh Allen. More so than the defense, which has not played to its capability really yeah, well. Yeah, the, the defense has just been poor all season, which is why I would lean Chiefs team total over, if anything. Sure. Um, but I was I more concerned. Too, by the way, yeah, that's why I was thinking. So I was thinking team total over with the Chiefs because their defenses look pretty good. The Chiefs, that is, the the Bills' defenses look fucking terrible. But I was more concerned with Josh Allen turning the ball over. He gave the Titans some really easy touchdowns, which made that scoreline look a lot worse than it was. I mean, the, the Titans started the ball within the 30-yard line like three times, so they looked so much better. really makes me question my Josh Allen MVP ticket. That, that kind of hurts. It feels like Russell Wilson's in the driver's seat there. If no, anything, what about your boy A-Rod? Yeah, I mean, he's up there, but I unfortunately <laughs> don't – I don't have a ticket there. I only have, I have Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, so I'm not – I'm not feeling great after that last performance. I was loving, I was loving Allen before the Titans game. Though. Oh, for sure. No, him and that Buffalo offense were looking like they were reaching new heights, and Stephon Diggs uh, certainly has been an excellent addition to the offense. And I guess that's the question, right? And you mentioned it, Chiefs team total over. If that's the case, you know, do we really think that Josh Allen and company, could they revert back to what we saw in the first four weeks of the season? In which case, can they go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and company? I think the only way Buffalo wins is if we see their defense turn out the best performance of the season so far. Not convinced they can do it against the Chiefs. So I'll probably stay away from this game. Again, total just seems way too high. Uh, Five on the road with Kansas City is not something I'm jazzed about either. Um, Buffalo, short week. Uh, Don't love a whole lot really from anything here. And I think you're going to pass as well. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. I mean, ultimately, I'm I'm gonna play it obviously because it's Monday, <laughs> yeah. at, Monday at five p.m. But I think I'll be looking at Chiefs team total over if anything because that total's too high. I don't I don't know if Buffalo can compete like that. But why not lay the five if that's the case? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like Kansas City. Team total is a better play than... No, to answer the question, I agree. Five. I mean, because we have seen Buffalo's offense look really good. So... Yeah, it uh, makes me a little nervous because they can put up points. Right. But we've seen Kansas City's defense play pretty well here and there. I mean, they right. shut down sure. shut down the Ravens pretty well. Especially they in the, pretty good against Deshaun Watson in week one. Yeah, so that makes me a little nervous for Buffalo to put up enough points. Yeah, it just circles back to Chiefs team total. That's that's all I'm feeling right here. So let's wrap things up with the regularly scheduled Monday night game, and that is the Arizona Cardinals heading to Big D to take on the Dallas Cowboys in the first game post-Dak Prescott's Week 5 injury. Arizona is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite heading to Jerry World, a total of 55 in this game. And this is going to be the, my other teaser leg. I mentioned that Washington was going to be my teaser, my first teaser leg. Uh, I got them at a six-point teaser from two and a half up through three and seven to eight and a half. I'm going to do the same with Dallas here. I'm going to take Dallas at one and a half 
and tease them up through the two key numbers and get the Cowboys at plus 7.5 to round out my teaser. Basically, I think we're getting some value with Dallas as a short home dog with Andy Dalton as quarterback. He, I think we all know, is one of the more capable quarterback, backup quarterbacks in the league. And I think it was a, probably a smart move from Jerry Jones and company to sign Andy Dalton with the uncertainty surrounding Dak Prescott's contract in the offseason. Now Prescott is hurt. If Dalton comes in and plays well here and Dallas wins the NFC East, I, 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 I'd be very interesting to see what happens come 2021 with the Dak Prescott contract negotiations. I know it sounds kind of in bad taste right now given how gruesome his injury looked, but, you know, when, when things do get back to business for Dak Prescott, you have to consider this a little bit. Before we get into the rest of this game, just what, how do you see his contract situation shaking out now? Yeah, I'm questioning that so much. But I feel like Dalton isn't that huge of a drop-off with those weapons. I just can't imagine not paying Dak. They're going to obviously lowball him, but I'm curious to see what they'll offer him now. That that injury is huge because they obviously didn't want to pay him in the offseason this past year. But he looked so good. He was he was up there with the MVP favorites. He was incredible through a couple weeks. Granted, it's a small sample size, but what do you think they'll do with the contract? I, I feel like they'll lowball him, obviously, and – I think well, they'll I mean, probably I accept coming off the injury. franchise tag year, so they could tag him again, right? Yeah, hypothetically, I just that's remember. what happened with Cousins. Yeah, and he and Cousins obviously won that by Getting taking the three-year, eighty-four million guaranteed with Minnesota. right instead of instead of taking the deal with Washington where they were lowballing him. I'd I'd be curious because. You know, Jerry Jones was saying how he didn't want to pay Prescott top dollars in the offseason. And through four weeks, it looked like Prescott easily earned those contracts. But we'll see. Yeah, maybe they'll uh, franchise him again, give him another year to to prove himself again. And uh, then maybe a big contract the following year. Yeah, I think that's as of now, where I think it's headed, and uh, I think part of the reason it's headed there is because Andy Dalton is going to do a good enough job holding down the fort for Dallas. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Dalton, too, because he's going to get an opportunity, you would think, to maybe play himself into a chance to start somewhere in 2021 or maybe stay on in Dallas because he signed a one-year deal. So, I, I point so. Did, did you see that? Do you see that guy who took uh, Andy Dalton MVP? I did not see that, no. <laughs> What so guy early in the this week, week after Prescott yeah, got hurt? Yeah, this week took Andy Dalton MVP. What was the odds on that? I don't know. I, I should have written it down. Other than good to know. Yeah, uh, but no, I do think that Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, will be serviceable here at least enough to where I want to use Dallas in teasers. Uh, I and I will tease Dallas with Washington, getting them both up through the key numbers. Washington plus nine, Dallas plus seven and a half is my teaser for this week. Um, I think you kind of are going back to the well here with your cards, though. Is that right? Yeah, I am, unfortunately. I'm I'm back on the Cardinals' wagon. They're 4-1 they're and one against the spread. They're last five against Dallas. And 
Andy Dalton really can't handle pressure very well. Last season, his rating under pressure, he was 60 quarterback rating, which was 26 in the NFL. The Cardinals, they blitz at the seventh highest rate this season at 30%. And they rank seventh in the NFL with 14 sacks. Buda Baker is back off of uh, surgery on his fingers. So I, th- I think they can get some pressure with this Dallas offensive line lacking. They have so many guys on the IR already. Yeah, I think they can just ultimately get some pressure on them. I think with this Dallas defense, I think Kyler Murray can thrive. Yeah, I really like the Cardinals this week. So there we have it. A little bit of a disagreement, though, maybe – the Cardinals cover as short underdogs, and I get to the window with my teaser as well. That's going to wrap things up for us here on a week six edition of Full Slate. Alex, any uh, final words, uh, drink of choice for the weekend, plans for the weekend? What, what are we doing? Uh, drink of choice for the weekend would be Miller Lite. Please sponsor the pod. <laughs> I, just, I, I hope that we get uh, – Cardinals by three, and then that'll easily cover your teaser. And I'd, I want Washington outright, so that would easily cover that as well. So it's both win. There we have it. Alex, always fun. Let's enjoy week six. Yeah, buddy. Take care. That'll do it for another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. Find all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg. And our producer and co-host, Alex Uplinger, it manages our podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy NFL Week 6. And, of course, please play responsibly.